Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Well, what are we going to be talking about for the next four hours? We'll talk about Donovan and a Jazz win and Donovan Mitchell's 51 and the Jazz being up 3-1 to one and Donovan Mitchell joining Wilt Chamberlain, Michael Jordan, and Allen Iverson. That's a short list and that's very good company. Donovan Mitchell, 51 points. Only the fourth player in NBA history to have two 50-point games in the same playoff series. And he's not done yet. He might have another one. The Jazz beat the Nuggets 129-127. Had multiple questions coming into this one. Were the Nuggets going to answer the bell? Because clearly they did not answer the bell in Game 3. They quit. Now you can discuss at what point in the game you think they folded up and went away. I thought on that Friday game, uh, Jokovic had a turnover late in the third quarter. I think it was 88-60 or something like that. And he threw it straight to Mitchell. It was soft. He didn't turn and run down court. I don't even know that he turned and walked down court. And Mitchell just sprinted the wall with the ball and went like 60 feet for a windmill dunk. And no other nugget was in the picture. Nobody else was there. It's basketball. You have to run. I know, we're starting with the basics here. And I didn't know if the Denver Nuggets were going to run in Game 4. But having been blown out twice, down 2-1, with a chance to tie up the series, uh, you know, get some, get some pride back, and just hit reset on the series, turn it into a best 2 out of 3, all in a neutral court. Anything can happen. Uh, they nearly did it, but they didn't. 129-127, the Jazz win. Jamal Murray goes for 50 And Donovan Mitchell goes for 51. It was a heck of a duel. Jazz had a chance to blow it open. They were uh, down a point at the half, half, which I thought was a great sign because I thought Denver played great in the first half and was only up by one. And the Jazz stretched the lead to 11 early in the fourth quarter. And they hadn't even brought Donovan back at that point. I don't think if they had, he was just in the game. But he sat for like the first three and a half minutes. Played eight and a half minutes in the fourth quarter. Scored 18 points. Scored 12 points in the last two minutes. We'll get to the last two minutes. Uh, but I think, it, it, you know, at that 11-point game, I thought the Jets might win this by 20, which would be kind of misleading as to how the game had gone, but it wouldn't be misleading how the fourth quarter went. It was starting to unravel for the Nuggets. In the middle of the third quarter, the Jets took over the game, and uh, Conley hit two huge threes when the game was tied at 79, and suddenly the Jazz were up 84-81. You know, how do you, get a, how do you go on a 6-2 run? three-pointer, give up a bucket, three-pointer. It's the weirdest thing. Um, Conley, Conley played really well. I thought he made a lot of big plays for him. And I thought he really picked his spots. You know, he went for 26. Clarkson went for 24. And they got out of Mitchell's way. <clears throat> you know, Scotty Pippen's got the quote for the ages now, right? They, they do the documentary, you know, it's 20 years later, 22, but whatever. And you look back, and, you know, they're talking about game six and Jordan – Gets the bucket, gets the steal. He's coming up court. Scotty, what are you thinking? Get the hell out of the way. <laughs> right? Well, that's what the Jazz have to do when Donovan Mitchell's going crazy like that. And he was just in total control. He didn't seem tired or fatigued at all. They're playing every other day. He's playing big minutes. He scored a bunch of points, but he's just, he's got it. He knows he's got it, and everyone's just deferring to him. You know, just get out of the way. But when he sits down or when he wants to go to the corner and uh, not carry the load for a possession, then as a second and third option, you gotta you got to go get it. you got to go make it happen. And Conley with 26 points, Clarkson with 24. So along with Ingles, the three of them combined for 101 points. We really are in a different era in the NBA, aren't we? 
<laughs> there were big games played by great teams. <laughs> they didn't score 101 points. But they've changed the rules, they've changed the philosophy, they've changed the strategy, and it's just a different game. So 129, 127, and three guys combined for 101 points. All very efficient. Nobody really of those three, none of those guys had a uh, you know 26 points on 27 shots kind of thing. Where if you're the Nuggets, you're like, yeah, we're going to shoot that much, you're going to get your points, but we're going to get a bunch of stops and we'll be okay. Um, Conley was 8 of 13 shooting. Clarkson was 9 of 13, both those outstanding numbers. And Donovan Mitchell was 15 of 27. (laughs) I mean, let that sink in. Donovan Mitchell shot 56% from the floor and 57% from three, where he was 4 of 7. And 17 of 18 at the free throw line. I mean, it's mind-blowing how good he was. You know, Harper was saying late in the broadcast, he's not an all-star. He's a superstar. You know, and it's hard to just, you know, flip a switch in your mind because you're looking at him, you know, rookie year to second year. How much is he going to improve? Second year to third year. How much is he going to improve? I'm really buying for a lot of these guys, at least for the guys who put in the time and the work, that this is like an off season. So we're seeing fourth year Joe Ingles. Or excuse me, fourth year uh, Donovan Mitchell. Sorry, I'm looking at the box score right now. And I looked at Joe's name. I wanted to get to him. We'll get to him in a second. Um, and so Mitchell, uh, just phenomenally good. Just all the numbers. And he had seven assists. He found guys. He threw a pretty lob to Rudy Gobert in the second half. And he really, they really had Jokic not knowing what to do. Uh, with Donovan penetrating, with Jordan Clarkson penetrating, you know, sometimes he didn't come off and help and they got the layup. Sometimes he came over. And then sure enough, you know, there's, uh, there's Donovan finding Rudy for a dunk. Uh, Gobert, I barely even mentioned him, 17 points, 11 rebounds, three of them offensive. He only missed one shot. He only missed one free throw. Seven of eight from the floor, three of four from the line. Offensively, the Jazz were really, really good. They shot 57.5% as a team in a two-point win. You know, 54% would have been great, and they could have lost the game. They were 48% from three, 14 of 29. And they did all this without really anything from Royce O'Neal or Joe Ingles. Uh, Royce scored four points, and Joe didn't score. He was shut out. He was 0 for 4, 0 for 3 from the arc, and Royce O'Neal was 1 for 3 shooting and 1 for 2 from the arc. But basically, those guys saw what was happening and just get out of the way, let Mitchell do his thing, and, you know, Clarkson and Conley do their thing, and it worked. What can I tell you? It worked. The Jazz were up three games to one, and they got a chance to close it out Tuesday at 4.30. It was uh, it was a very entertaining game. Credit Denver. It was, uh, you know, Jokic, who I thought was really bad in Game 3. I mean, he was... PK and I both talked about it. We, we think he's a really good player. He's a very good player, but he was just bad in Game 3. But he bounced back, uh, didn't shoot the three all that well, but 29 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists is a good line. Um, Paul Millsap came out hard. Uh, he had 9 points in the opening quarter, 14 at the half, but he finished with 16. Not a big factor in the second half. And actually, he got a good block on Donovan Mitchell going to the hoop with a minute to go. I think it was like 102 left. And then he stared him down afterwards. And sure enough, the Jazz inbound the ball, and Mitchell goes in Millsap and hits three over him, and, and that was the ball game. I really thought, up until that point, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I thought the Jazz were going to win, but just couldn't be sure. It's a one-point game. There's 54 seconds left, and Murray's on fire. Murray was big time in the fourth quarter. In the clutch, he was hitting threes from everywhere. And uh, But when Donovan stuck that three to put him up four, you knew... Uh, you knew the Nuggets were in trouble. You could just feel the momentum swing. It's uh, momentum. It's real. It's palpable. It's a thing. <clears throat> and that was just, just a massive shot. Now, he said all these great things about Donovan. Did he even have 
the best game of the day? Because I think Luka Doncic did. Didn't score the 50 points, but 42 points, 17 rebounds, 13 assists. And doing it on a sprained ankle, doing it with Chris Tapp Porzingis out with a sore knee. He's going to get an MRI. I mean, they're saying a sore knee because there's pain in the knee, but there's something wrong if he's missing a playoff game. You know, what is it? Or we'll find out. But there's something wrong because he sat through a playoff game. They really need it down two to one. But they won the game. They're now 2 2. And not only were there huge stats for Doncic, but with the game tied and 30 seconds to go, he drives to the hoop and scores. I guess officially it was with 19 seconds left. And. They go down to the other end of the Clippers to the three, and Morris turns around and is pointing at Doncic. And like, what are you doing? This guy's going nuts, and he's got nine seconds to win the game. Committed a foul, so they had to inbound again with 3.7 seconds to go. And sure enough, Doncic, you know, go left, go right, come back to your left, and drain the game-winning three at the buzzer. Don't point at him. I mean, you hit a big shot. It was a clutch shot by Morris. Kawhi drove, collapsed the defense, kicked it out with a no-look pass, got Morris a good look, and, and Morris, he sank it. You know, it was it was textbook. Until he turned around and pointed at a guy who's having a day. What are you doing? And Doncic wins it. Phenomenal by Doncic. I mean, I can't believe anybody had a better game than Donovan. You know, and both guys just did what they needed to do to win. But one guy's trying to beat Kawhi Leonard, who's a two-time champ, trying to be a, you know, go back-to-back with different teams and have a third title with three different teams, and he gets it done. And the other guy's trying to outshoot a guy who's going for 51 points. It was phenomenal. It was a heck of a show the NBA put on. Those two games, the two games in the East did nothing to him, right? Just nothing to him. Uh, Toronto and, and Boston both finished their sweeps. And then we can all figure out what the heck's wrong with the Sixers. Obviously, they're missing Ben Simmons, but the problems go deeper than that. Um, but those two series are done. Now, I'm looking forward to that second-round series for those two teams. But it was the two games in the West that were really a show. Wildly entertaining. All right, we've got the best of the postgame show coming up. Um, Donovan Mitchell, Quinn Snyder, uh, I think you hear from Mike Conley. Uh, we'll get to all of that coming up later this hour as the Jazz go up 3-1 on the Nuggets, get very close to winning a series here for the third time in four years. All right, stay with us. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. All right, Utah Jazz get the win over the Nuggets. We're going to get to the best of the postgame show in the next segment. But in this segment, a little BYU football. Uh, the Western Kentucky game was officially announced, so that is the sixth game. There's been reporting from the other markets, although BYU has not announced anything yet, that uh, BYU will be playing Texas State and Texas San Antonio. That'd be 7-8. and eight. Uh, But ESPN hasn't said anything either, and you know that... Those are BYU projected to be BYU home games, and ESPN is going to try and get the best game possible because it'll be the only late college football game on TV, prime time for the West Coast. So they need to make this game as good as they can because there'll be a lot of TV sets on L.A., San Francisco, you know, are both top 10 markets, uh, Sacramento, Seattle, um, Denver, all top 20 
uh, out Phoenix, Portland. I mean, you know, there's plenty of big markets and a lot of TVs to be on. And this could be great exposure for BYU if they can get someone better than Texas State and Texas San Antonio, then so be it. And if that's what's holding this up, great. I could see where the other schools of the league, because, you know, they're excited and they know they're going to be on and this is more exposure than they normally get. But if it's not quite done, if they haven't put pen to paper, cross T's, dotted I's, sign names, and all that stuff, if ESPN can talk another school into an upgrade, and I'm BYU, i got to be open to it. And if it hasn't been announced, my guess is something's in play, because we're getting right down to it here. If it were done, they'd announce it. So I wonder what else might be happening out there. Uh, for BYU, uh, you know, it's Navy, the opener on uh, Labor Day. That's 6 o'clock. That's the Monday Night Football slot on ESPN. And then the Army game will be at 1.30, which is the SEC slot on CBS, the main network, Channel 2, KUTV. Not the not CBS Sportsnet where uh, you know their cable net sports station where you see uh, well the Mountain West plays games there all the time um, you know this so these are two big games for BYU right out of the gate assuming they get played assuming that happens uh, time slots right time slot right network really good stuff as far as these other ones we'll see but the coaches can't control that they just have to get the team ready in case we actually do get to these games and get to play them Jeff Grimes offensive coordinator he and A-Rod you know sharing the load on that side of the ball for BYU here's Jeff Grimes meeting with the media Jeff how many guys do you plan to use on offense and what's the 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 balance between having a lot of guys that can contribute and having that continuity you need um, well, at some positions, you just tend to rotate more than others. Um, in, in the offensive line, for example, you typically don't rotate unless you have a sixth and maybe even a seventh guy that are equal or close to equal uh, with, the, with the readiness and, and production of your fourth and fifth linemen. And I've been in that situation before, and, and we could be in that situation this year where we rotate a sixth lineman in some. Um, but at other positions, re- positions that run more, tight end, receiver, running back, you you typically rotate guys. And so we'll certainly do that. Um, I would say at this point, we got a couple of running backs that are ahead of the rest of the group and then some other guys that are trying to catch up. You know, at tight end, obviously, there's Matt and everybody else, but the everybody else is is a sizable, talented group. So those guys are fighting for reps. How many of those guys play in game one will depend on on how they progress the next couple of weeks. Um, we've certainly got three guys at receiver that are a little bit ahead of the others. And then another two or three guys who are fighting to be number four, number five, number six in the game when you rotate guys in there. So I would say at those three skill positions, um, we'll certainly rotate guys. How many kind of depends on how they progress the next couple of weeks. And then playing playing a team like Navy, you typically don't get as many possessions, as many snaps as you normally would because they, they chew up time and eat up clock. And that'll have something to do with it as well. So we may not play as many guys as we might if we were in a different situation. Follow up, would you say that you have more guys that, that would be available and ready to help this year than in previous years? Um, at a couple of positions, yes. At a couple of positions, I would say similar to where we've been. Thoughts on the scrimmage today, Coach, and, and maybe a few standouts or observations from what took place? 
Um, overall, a good day. And it was probably just about what you would like to have as a coach in that we moved the ball well, scored points, but we also stopped ourselves a number of times. And then there were a couple of times where defense just rose up and played really well and stopped us on four downs. And uh, I say that's what you'd like to have as a coach because it gives you something to chew on them about and keep them, keep them humble, keep them hungry. And so I think we're in a good place right now. Um, you'd love to go down and, and score every time you touch the ball. And, and that, that wasn't the case. And it's never really the case. What we want to try to eliminate are the self-inflicted wounds in particular, um, turnovers and um, pre-snap penalties, especially. And we had a couple of those today, two in the red zone in particular that were, that were quite costly. We've been spending a lot of time working on and talking about our touchdown percentage and being efficient in the red zone. And we had one turnover and had a costly penalty in the red zone as well. So it was a good day, but, but definitely um, some things that we can, that we can uh, get them right on. Coach, I wanted to ask you about your offensive line. You mentioned in the open there that you, you would not typically rotate a bunch of guys along that line, but how deep do you think that this group goes in terms of starter caliber guys? Well, I think we're in position where we've got, we have some guys who, when you say starter caliber, we have some that we have a number that I think will be, but we have a few guys that aren't quite ready yet, but they're getting closer. Um, and so we have more guys with playing experience, um, but we still, we still have a ranking in our minds. I mean, we kind of coach Mateos and I all the time talk about who's, who's one through five and then who's six and who's seven and who's eight. And so I would say um, there are the first five and then there are a couple more after that, that, that put us at that six or seven mark. And then I would say eight, nine, and 10 are a ways behind the top seven. Yeah. Jeff, two questions. One, has any definition emerged as clarification as far as the starting quarterback, uh, battle no we're not ready to say anything yet um i think it i think it's it's um every day you gain more information and certainly we're gaining more information about those guys every day um but we're not in position to say anything yet and then with your connections in texas and in the south have you given any input to tom homo as far as possible opponents have you been involved in that in any way no that's above my pay grade I'm ready. I'm, I'm like all of us. We're ready to play uh, whoever he puts in front of us. And I know he's working, working hard to, to put a great schedule in front of us. And so I'm just thankful that we're in position, particularly where we are in the country right now, that, that we're in position to play and feeling very blessed and fortunate that, that we've got an opportunity and what a great opportunity it is in the, in the geographical landscape of things that we're in position to play football this year. Jeff, with uh, the quarterback reps in, in scrimmage, how was that handled and maybe some of the highlights from these quarterbacks today? Well, we don't really want to talk too much about who got which reps with which group because that would sign, that could put us in position where we have to answer questions about why did this guy get this many reps with the ones. And I've been in position before where then you have to answer, well, why did this guy not get the first set and this guy got all that. We'll just continue to say what we have said, and that's that all the guys are progressing. And I know it's not inf much information, um, but they're all getting better. 
And I think the experience that we have there is certainly certainly showing in practice. And they're all they're all making progress every day. And so we, you you probably won't hear much else until until we're ready to announce something. Also, I uh, wanted to ask you about Hinkley Rapati, uh, the the junior college transfer. He was some I think you guys were aware of for a while, but how how is he maybe taken to the playbook and the overall offense in such a short period of time? Yeah, very talented kid, somebody that we've we've liked for a long time and we're planning on having here. We just thought we would probably not have him until January. And when the when the when the spot opened, um a-Rod and I jumped on it and, and uh, Kalani was ready to go on it as well. But A-Rod and I have been, he's from A-Rod's area. So he and I have been recruiting him for a while and we've known him for a while and known that we wanted him on the team because he's really, really talented. And that talent shows up every single day. He's a, he's a tremendous package of quickness, explosiveness and power. Um, but he's like any guy that, that is just starting with your team. He's still, he's still raw in terms of our scheme and still learning how to carry the ball, subtle things like how to run a particular play or what his route is on a, on a particular, uh, passing play. Um, but I think he's going to, I think he'll probably be in the mix this year and we're preparing him to be there. Hey, Jeff, uh, considering uh, the, the different challenges and protocols you're dealing with right now, how happy are you with the amount of work that's gotten done offensively and how it's gotten done? I'm really pleased with it, Greg. There's really been, um, aside from some minor challenges in communication, there have been really no setbacks other than what we would have done up to this point, you know, just not, not having spring ball, not having the ability to meet face to face with our players for the past five months, I think, um, set us back to some extent. Certainly we aren't where we could be had we had we had a full spring and, and more time with our players over the previous five months. However, one of the things that I said during the quarantine to a number of people who asked me how I felt about it was that I felt we were in an advantaged position when you compare us to other programs for two reasons. One, we have a lot of experience coming back on offense. And so the, the guys we're going to be playing with this year are mainly guys who already know the offense. And there's a lot of continuity there within the offense because we're running the same offense that we've been running. And then the other advantage I felt like we have is I felt like um, we have players who are willing to work on their own, whether they were here in town working or whether they were somewhere else on their own and they were working in a garage gym and running at the local park. I felt like we had guys that would show up in shape and that's been true. So we've been able to get a lot done the past three weeks because our guys were willing to work when they were away from us. There's Jeff Grimes with the media. When we come back, the best of the jazz post game show. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 
Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Donovan Mitchell, a spectacular performance. Solid games from Rudy Gobert, uh, Conley. Well, Mike Conley was better than solid. He was very good. And uh, Jordan Clarkson turned in a good shift, good performance by him. But Donovan's a story. Just mind-numbingly good. So good. Here's the best of the post-game show. Your Jazz recap here on DJ and PK on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Jazz take a three games to one lead in their best of seven playoff series with the win last night over the Denver Nuggets, 129 to 127. Jake Scott with you. What a performance offensively for the Utah Jazz, particularly Donovan Mitchell. 51 points from Donovan, seven assists and four rebounds. His second 50-point performance in this series as the Jazz take that commanding three games to one series lead. Denver did get 50 points from Jamal Murray. We'll let you hear from him a little bit uh, later on. But first, let's start out with Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. Um, we'll have our first question from Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. <laughs> Coach, well, another uh, 50-point performance from Donovan Mitchell. What's left to be said about this guy? Well, you can say a lot about what he did tonight. Um, He was terrific, and he's a terrific player. I think the, you know, the way that he answered everything that was going on even early and was able to pick his spots and hit tough shots, but he's playing with a level of confidence right now that is very high. Okay, next question will be from Tony Jones, The Athletic. Coach, what are some of the improvements that Donovan made to to his game, um, you know, just during the break? And and how has he incorporated that coming back within himself and within the team concept as well? Well, he he was one of the guys that that really worked during the break. You know, he was doing sprints. um, He was shooting. um, I think he felt like that was an opportunity. And obviously, um, that's what we've seen. I think anytime you put work in like that, you know, you're, you feel like you, you, you're supposed to do that. And you know, that's what breeds the confidence that we're seeing and uh, his ability to think the game, too. I think just the more reps he gets, the better his reads are. He's just he's making the right play. He's taking his three. When he picks it back and pick and roll, shooting his pull-up, he really attacked the basket. I think that's something that's, you know, for him, it's something he's worked on a lot and thought about a lot. For him to get to the line as much as he did tonight, you know, that makes it even more difficult to defend him. All right, next question from Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Quinn, after the game, we heard on Donovan's walk-off interview him say that, you know, it's just a game. He, you guys haven't won anything yet, and so you can't get high about a performance or about the fact that you're three up 3-1 in the series. What is the messaging, or is there messaging? Is that understanding already there in the locker room, or are you telling these guys, like, don't get – we can no. celebrate for a short amount of time? No, I, I think, you know, those are things that if you feel like you need to say them, that, that you say them. I think with this group, you know, you can just tell looking at them, um, there's a determination, and what he's saying is absolutely true. Um, that was a terrific game tonight. Denver came out very strong. They were physical. They attacked. Uh, you know, knocked us back. And I was really, I was, you know, proud of, of how we responded. But uh, less is more. Uh, oftentimes, you know, we have some guys that are, that are that focused and that competitive right now, um, and they're together as a group. I think they're playing that way. And, 
there's a, a real understanding that, you know, we have to be hungry. Um, and that's, again, Donovan's right. It's uh, The series isn't over. And um, the way Denver played tonight, that game could have gone either way. Um, we were fortunate. We had some guys, you know, namely Donovan, that, that made plays, you know, made more plays than they did at the end. Next question, Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Quinn, obviously a lot to like with the way the game, you know, turned out, but there were some moments there, only six assists in the first half, um, only forcing two Denver turnovers. You guys really seemed to kind of adjust as the game went along starting in the third quarter. What did you what did you see that started to go better as the game progressed? Well, you're, you're not always going to have assists. That's that's not always a barometer of, of how you're playing. Um, they were staying with shooters we didn't get. Uh, as many threes, um, and we, we were attacking the basket. I think that's the biggest thing if those shots aren't there um, to attack the rim. Um, you know, I thought the first part of the game, we weren't as disciplined with our spacing, um, and that makes it harder. And anytime, you know, their offensive rebounding like they were tonight, you know, we have to do a better job on the boards. I think our guys know that. It's one thing to say it, it's another thing to do it. Um, you know, I think we can do a better job, but that's, that's not easy. Um, so when you're taking the ball out of the net, it's, it's harder to score. And that's when you just have to be more forceful and more precise. And I thought we did that as the game went on. Okay. And we'll have Ryan Miller from KSL with the last question. Hey coach, there was a couple times Mike just seemed to have like a calming influence on the team, like the pull up three at the end of the half and helping calm Jordan down. How beneficial just has his presence been over the last two games? Well, I don't want him to calm Jordan down too much because, you know, Jordan made some plays during the heart of the game that um, were terrific. I mean, he was a guy that really, when things were hard, he kept us in it. Um, but back to Mike, um, you know, he's doing everything we need. Um, great recognition, you know, the two-for-one situation, we hit that pull-up. Um, you know, he's a, he's a terrific player. And uh, you're seeing that in a lot of different ways with him on the court. You know, he's able to play with the ball. He's able to play off with the ball. You know, and that makes he and Donovan, you know, very difficult. Uh, that's a terrific backcourt that can that both can play off each other and, and help each other. Okay, that's it. Thanks so much, Coach. There was Quinn Snyder after his team's win in the bubble in Orlando, 129-127. to Now, uh, let's now let you hear from the man of the night, Donovan Mitchell. First question will be from Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Don, after you hit that three, we could see and hear your level of determination. How bad do you want this? Um, well, first off, that particular game in itself was probably the most important game of the series for us. Um, they came out and fought. I got to give them credit to the coaching staff. They made a lot of really good adjustments. Um, that I think the way we responded showed the, the, the character, the, how, how, how much we won. You know, I think the biggest thing we knew, they were going to come out and punch first and trying to stay in it. You know, it's not it wasn't going to be a 30-point blowout. Um, they have pride, too. And I think for us, just continue to fight, continuing to fight. And um, that shot was just uh, just a symbol of just what, not myself, but just the team that we wanted. Uh, and we, we worked hard to get to this point, but the job's not finished. Um, as, more, as good as this one feels, uh, we won by two, and we're on to game five. All right, next question will be from Sarah Todd, Deseret News. 
Don, not to take away from anything that you did tonight, but I'm wondering how important is it to have a guy like Jordan who you can just rely on to go in and get a bucket at any point, especially in a playoff game? Um, you know, it's, it's a breath of fresh air, not just for myself, but for the entire team, you know, to have a guy that wants the ball with like four seconds on the clock. Um, a guy that can just take, you know, ISO and get a, get a bucket anywhere he can, efficiently too. Um, so for him, you know, he's been he's been really a long song here. We talk about myself, Royce, Mike, Rudy, uh, Joe, but JC's been playing. JC's been playing his butt off, man. He's been he's I think it was career high the first two games he's been playing on both ends of the floor, um, and that's the JC we, we we like to see, man. He's he's playing out of his mind, and you know we're great, we're glad to have him and. Um, you know, like I said, the job's not done, but he's a guy that he's coming in there day to day and he, he's been to the finals, you know, so he understands, you know, what series can kind of, what can happen in the series and he's locked in. Yeah. Uh, yes, next question will be from Ben Anderson, KSLsports.com. Donovan, on the other side of the floor, you had to guard Jamal tonight. You had to guard Jeremy. You had to guard Millsap at different stretches. What's that been like having to kind of play Royce's role for little stretches as they mix everything around? Um, at the end of the day, I got drafted to play defense, uh, believe it or not. Some people don't know that. Um, that was really my, my role in college. So, you know, at the end of the day, I'd said to myself that I want to make a stride, you know, my third year defensively, you know, and obviously the scoring is what's going to you know, be all over the cameras. But I take pride on that end, you know, just fighting and competing, you know. And, you know, if they hit tough shots, they hit tough shots. It's the NBA. But for me, just being able to do it on both ends, you know, um, that's really where I'm proud of myself. My teammates trust me in that, you know, and um, I'm going to keep working. The next question uh, will be from Tony Jones, The Athletic. Uh, Donovan, can you, what, what was the, how much work went into, you know, just your quarantine work to, to get to this point? Because you kind of look like a different person, um, kind of a different player and on a different level than, than before, before the quarantine. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's funny for me, like, you know, I love, I want to say this. Um, I love hearing negative things about me. And, you know, as, as you know, Tony, the knock on me has been, you know, inefficient, you know, not a team player, whatever it is. And I pride myself on being a team player. I pride myself on being a playmaker. I said it. I said it a thousand times, and I'm going to continue to do that. Um, so just for me, just continue to put the work in. Obviously, 50 is what it is, but I'm more happy that I got seven assists. Um, finding my teammates making the right reads, that's really where I pride myself in. You know, for me, uh, watching a lot of film over quarantine, you really couldn't go anywhere. So at the end of the day, I'm in my, my basement or in my room watching film for, for hours upon hours um, and just trying to find ways to get better because at the end of the day, most of these are going to come and I just got to be ready. You know, it's no secret. Uh, last year's playoffs was, wasn't my best. And you know, I took that personally. And at the end of the day, you know, I'm just going to trust my work and keep moving forward. Okay, next up, Om Young Masik from ESPN. Hey, Don, uh, congratulations on the big game. You just talked about all the things that people said about you that fueled you to get to this point, and now you're in, like, rare air. You, you're one of uh, three guys, Michael Jordan, Allen Iverson, scored 50 twice in the same playoff series. What do you think people are saying about you now? Um, honestly, it's, it's the first round. The two guys you named have made it to the finals. Uh, Michael Jordan's obviously the greatest basketball player of all time, so I got a lot of work to do to catch up to those guys. Um, like I said, I said it to uh, the post game interview with Jared. I'm honored to be in that category, but I'm doing all, all we're doing all this in the first round. Um, we've been here before. Um, we've got to find ways to get to the second round and it's conference finals and the championship. That's the ultimate goal. Um, at the end of the day, no matter what happens, 
you know, we want to win a championship. That's where we pride ourselves. And, you know, people are going to say what they're going to say. I've gotten to that point, but can't please everybody. So for me, it's just like, how can I help my team win? Uh, tonight it was scoring 50 some nights. It's not some nights. It's finding guys. And, you know, for me, just being the best player I can be. Um, and they want to talk. That's just more fuel to the fire for me. Okay, that's all the time we have. Thank you, Donovan. That was Donovan Mitchell. He had 51 points on 15 of 27 shooting, including 17 of 18 from the line. He also dished out seven assists, which uh, he mentioned extremely proud of. Let's now let's hear from Mike Conley. Uh, We'll start off with uh, Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. I know I just chatted with you, but uh, talking with Donovan and and the other guys, you said it yourself. It's just a win. The job's not done yet. So what do you guys need to do to close out this series in five? Well, I think uh, just come with the same mindset that we've we've played with pretty much the whole series. Um, Defensively, you know, paying attention to the details and trying to limit them on the offensive glass. Uh, tonight, they kind of they, they got the advantage on us in that in that category, and it showed. Um, they were able to, to to get second chance points, and Murray got going, obviously. So, um, you know, just continue to be ourselves, continue to fight, and we know it's not over uh, until it is. So, we just got to continue to play. Christian, do you have another one for Mike? Yeah, I can get something on Jordan Clarkson. Donovan was talking about how much he's been a breath of fresh air for you guys, especially, you know, as he comes in in that second unit. Um, what is the importance of having a guy like J.C.? Well, every every great team has a guy like J.C., a guy that you know you can count on to come in and, and change the momentum of games um, with his scoring ability, with his playmaking. Uh, obviously, he's been lights out. He's been able to get to his spots. Uh, and, you know, the biggest thing for him has been he's making plays. I mean, he's getting to the paint, looking for guys in the corner, um, looking for guys on, on drop passes down low. I mean, all that stuff is is just showing you the growth of him in, during this series. So uh, the more of that, more of that, more of that we get from him, the, the better we are. <laughs> and Mike, our last question is from Sarah Todd, Desert News. Hey, Mike, sorry if I repeat anything, just joining over here from talking to Donovan, but um, I wanted to kind of get your experience from having been in so You can ask the question any way you want now. I didn't really hear that. I didn't hear the, the ending of that. It kind of broke up. Okay. Can you hear me all right? Yeah. Okay. How quickly do you have to move on from the idea that you're up 3-1, you're coming off a win, just to get through it, having your experience in playoff series, how quickly do you have to move on from that? Um, pretty quickly. I think it's it's, uh, it's one of the hardest games to play uh, mentally. You have to be um, at, at a certain uh, um, a mental level to where you can can look at it as, a, as the most important game, but at the same time, be able to just bring yourself back to what got you to that 3-1 lead. Um, and those are the little things in between the lines. So, uh, you know, we're not going to go to sleep thinking this thing is over at all. You know, coach is going to keep us locked in. Our players are, are keeping everybody accountable. And uh, we're going to go out there and, uh, and be ready to go in a couple of days. All right, Mike, thanks for your time. All right, thank you. That was Mike Conley, 26 points, 8 of 13 shooting, 4 of 8 from 3, 6 of 6 from the line as he continues to play very well. Second game in a row in this playoff series. Mike really had a big-time impact. All right, let's uh, hear from the Denver side of things. Let's now let you hear from Mike Malone. All right, we'll go ahead and open up for questions. We'll start with uh, Mike Singer. Mike, go ahead. 
Hey, Michael, uh, the third quarter is where it sort of seemed to flip uh, in your, from your perspective. Where where did this game get away from you and, and what was kind of the difference tonight? Uh, well, I would disagree. I don't think the game ever got away from us. Uh, game two and three got away from us. Game four did not get away from us. Uh, we were in the game the whole game. They went on a run in the third quarter. Uh, obviously, uh, give them credit. Um, that was a one quarter where you know, we didn't have the offensive pace, the rhythm, and uh, we couldn't get enough stops, obviously, the whole night. But uh, I never felt personally this game got away from us. It was a, wound up being a two-point loss. I felt the big, big play late in the game. Jamal drives a basket, um, gets fouled, but they don't call it, at least from my angle and the replay on the big board. It looked like he got fouled. Uh, and that would have been a big basket for us. So two free throws, cut it to, I think, two at that point. But um, I love their effort tonight. Much better performance um, compared to the last two games. The assists, the turnovers were way down. Um, but I got, I got to look at the tape and find a way to help Nicola and to see what's going on out there. He played 39 minutes and uh, only got to the foul line twice. And, and that's not why we lost the game. Uh, there were many other reasons that we lost uh, the game, but um, you know, he's so valuable for us and he's such an important piece that we played through time and time again. Um, but yeah, it's a tough loss. Uh, bottom line, tough loss tonight. We got to regroup. The series is not over. We don't have to win three games in one. We just got to win one game to keep the series alive. And that's our, that's our plan right now. All right, next we'll go to Harrison Wind. Harrison, go ahead. Hey, hey, Coach, I was just actually going to ask you about the uh, free throw shooting, just kind of team-wide. How big of a difference has it been this series, just their ability to really get to the line at will? And, and you guys have struggled to get to the line at times. Yeah, we, we've struggled to get to the line, um, but I'm not going to really comment on that. So uh, I'm, I'm not giving the league any of my money. All right, next we'll go to Vic Lombardi. Vic, go ahead. Coach, is that the um, is that the best you've seen Jamal play all around? I mean, he was energetic on offense and defensively, he just brought some intensity that we haven't seen in a long time. Yeah, he was. Uh, you know, the fifty points is amazing. The eleven rebounds is uh, incredible, uh, and the seven assists. So, as you mentioned, Vic, he had uh, he put his his fingerprints all over the game, scoring, rebounding, playmaking, and I thought he did. Uh, he took the challenge on the defensive end of the floor. Uh, we were a much different team tonight than we were in the last two games. Uh, that was nice to see. Uh, obviously, I think I speak for everybody in our locker room, all of our fans back in Denver. Uh, games two and three is not acceptable, how we played. Um, tonight, even though we lost, uh, I'm proud of how we competed and gave ourselves a chance. Not the result, obviously not good enough, and hopefully we can bounce back uh, in game five. But Jamal was terrific, Vic. I agree. All right, next we'll go to Mark Spears. Mark, go ahead. Yes, Coach. Just wanted to see uh, how you could grade Michael Porter to ups and downs and more specifically what he's been learning during these playoffs. Yeah, I think, um, you know, for a rookie player in his first playoffs, uh, I think Michael has been terrific. Um, he's – it's a lot to ask for a young, young man to go out there and play against a talented team like Utah – I brought him off the bench tonight. He handled it like a pro, like a seasoned pro. Didn't pout, stayed ready, gave us good energy off the bench. Um, but overall, I think since we arrived here, and since he arrived here, which is much later than we got here initially, uh, I think he's been tremendous. And uh, we all understand that he's going to be a, a really, really important piece to this team moving forward. All right, we have time for one more here, and we'll end with Kendra Andrews. Kendra, go ahead. 
Coach, the past couple of games, you've really been emphasizing how you can't let the Jazz outdo you on the three-point line in the paint and with rebounding. And tonight you guys were able to outdo them in a couple of those categories. What does that say about, you know, your approach to the game or just the effort that your players had tonight? Yeah, well, I think the effort was uh, where it needed to be. You know, this, this is the playoffs and you have to have that intensity from the beginning of the game all the way through. And I thought in game one, we had that. I thought tonight we had that. I thought in games two and three, it was too few and far between, Kendra. So uh, I think uh, we, we've hit them over the head with a lot of those things. The, the paint defense, uh, the turnovers, the offensive rebounds, and they took it to heart. And uh, obviously Donovan Mitchell played great. Jordan Clarkson was phenomenal off the bench with the Mike Conley hit some really big shots. So, uh, you know, we came up a little short tonight, uh, which is disappointing. But uh, I'm, I'm just happy that our guys understood that we're not going to roll over. We're going to fight. And I was really encouraged after the game, after a tough loss, down 3-1. Uh, there's no quit in our team. Uh, those guys are fired up and they're ready to get back out there and play game game five and to try to stretch and extend this series. All right. Thank you, Coach. There was Nuggets head coach Mike Malone after his team uh, lost 129-127 to 127 of the Jazz. Now in the hole, three games to one in their best of seven series. Jamal Murray had 50 points, but it was not enough. Here's what he had to say after the game. Started here. We'll uh, open up with Vic Lombardi. Vic, go ahead. First of all, Jamal, great performance tonight. Gritty effort. Third quarters have been your undoing in this series. What, what do you think the issue is in the third quarter? Um, I don't know, baby. Um, you know, they made shots. Uh, we made shots. We just didn't get no stops. <laughs> um, you know, it's going to happen, but, you know, we got to find a way to you know, get three stops in a row, whatever it is. We got to find a way to ourselves to, uh, uh, you know, not give up threes. Um, we just got to be on the same page and, you know, give them credit. They played a good game. Um, played, a, played a good game, too, but um, they're the better team tonight. All right, next we'll go to Mike Singer. Mike, go ahead. Hey, Jamal. Um, Malone just said in the post-game locker room that he got a sense that you there's no quit in you guys. Uh, even down 3-1, can you speak to where the mindset of this team is right now? You five. That's, that's what we're here for. Um, no. Uh, game five. No, one game at a time. Um, we're not going to win all three games in one. So whatever we got to do to prepare for Game 5, uh, that's what it is. Um, just take it from there. No one wants to go home yet, so uh, that's good. And uh, you know, like you said, there's a lot of fighting that's left. And, um, you know, it's came up short tonight, so Game 5 is all on my All right, next we'll go to Joel Rush. Joel, go ahead. Hey, Jamal. Uh, you guys made some adjustments with the uh, starting lineup tonight. How do you feel that went? Playing with everybody, you know, so uh, doesn't really matter who we got on the court. We got a whole, we got all the different lineups out there. Uh, just you know, some guys that start may not finish. Some guys that you know, don't get as may play. You know, just you know, we're ready for whatever. And Monty uh, did a great job coming in and um, you know, I'm doing the point. Uh, give, give me off the ball a little bit. You know, I got us into our offense quicker too. You know, that's one thing I've been lacking in game two and three. Just you know, speeding up the game, so uh, you know, did a good job of keeping the pace up and telling me to run. And uh, you know, I thought everybody did a great job. There wasn't a single person that came in the game and didn't do well or didn't do the job. Um, you know, we just you know, they were the better team, like I said. And, uh, we just got to look forward to game five. 
All right, we'll go back to Mike Singer. Mike, go ahead. Hey, Jamal, on the broadcast, it looked like uh, you were kind of arguing with the referee on that late layup with Gobert. Did he give you any explanation, or did he just say that, that that's not a foul? I'm not going to speak on it. I don't want to find all right, Jamal, that looks to be it, man. Thank you. That was Jamal Murray, 50 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists. He had a terrific night uh, himself, but not enough as the Jazz come away with the win, 129-127. to 127. Up next, Game 5 will be Tuesday afternoon, tomorrow afternoon. Tip-off will be at 4.30. Pre-game coverage will begin at 3.30. All right, there's the best of the post-game show. What is trending? All the headlines coming up next. Stay with us.